Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Everybody knows we've been promoting it like crazy because, I mean, this man worked with the nicest man in Hollywood, Tom Hanks. Mm. But we got the one and only Joseph Poliquin coming on the show today. Yes, a really entertaining interview. Yeah. I mean, this is the epitome of a guy who went for it and succeeded. Yeah. You know, and I mean, <laughs> every roadblock... Every wall, everything that could happen to you to block you trying to chase the dream happened to this guy, and he pushed through all of it and is living a dream. Yeah, that, I think that's what's most inspiring about this interview. He just always kept going. No matter yep. what, he's still acting, and even though he might have had to go back to a day job and then go back to acting, bounce back and forth, but to have that like positive mental attitude to just be able to do that is amazing. Yeah, and now he has a huge summer. Exactly. Huge film on Netflix. Tom Hanks' film on Apple. Guy's killing it. So. Exactly, exactly. It's going to be later on the show, but now, let's get a little crazy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, y'all. It is episode 122 this week. Absolutely insane. I mean, you guys see, at least if you're watching the YouTube the channel, the NBA is back, so I'm wearing my jersey. Larry Bird. I yeah, was baby. wondering. I was wondering with the, you know, yeah. the, the, the change. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense, though. It, it does. Makes sense. I'm super excited. I'm happy. Go King James back. and the Lakers, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But, uh, man, we got some crazy ass shit to talk to you about. Before that, you know your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mal. What's up? That's right, y'all. And, of course, we're talking the biggest thing that's happened in Hollywood this past week was the SAG after vote yes. that just everybody was either like one side or the other in the middle like it's absolutely wild but we'll be talking about it a little bit we'll be talking about streaming services of course Disney Warner Media HBO Max all those good things a little bit of Hallmark news because uh yeah. something happened that no one else saw coming and that no one knew about uh, a few months ago yeah but we'll be talking about that and but before we get that started you guys know be sure to head over to our website crazy ant media Media.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear you see the shirts you see the hats <laughs> you hear the shirts you hear the hats if you're listening on podcast platforms but they're talking hey yeah hey look at us look hands at us. down the best oh man but you guys know they're great so and new designs up right now so be sure to check those out but yeah like i said like a tease let's start it off with sag after mm. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Either way you fall on this thing, the crazy thing is that only 27.15% of the actual union turned out to vote. Right. Now, this is really controversial. We're talking about their new film and television contract. Yes. Okay? And it was ratified by a huge margin, almost 75 to 25. It was 74.2% uh, yes, 25.8% no. Yeah. Now, if you followed any of it, there was back and forth. You know, just like during the president election with, with sag after, there was a whole lot, both factions, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The problem is, is that all the people that, you know, wanted to vote no or said, oh, this isn't good, this isn't, we, we shouldn't do it, we should. I don't think a lot of them turned out because, yeah. like Logan said, less than 30% of the 140,000 members of sag after voted. Yeah. You cannot complain about how the vote went down if you didn't vote. Yeah. Period. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it, it's I don't know what else to say. Look, there was a lot of controversial stuff, residuals, uh, nudity clauses, you know, sexual uh, clauses, everything. I mean, health insurance contributing yeah. to the health insurance plan. A lot of different things going into this contract. Logan and I read every little square inch of it. Um, I will say this. It seemed to me that it was a bit unbalanced in the sense that if you were rocking and rolling with some money, right? Like you've reached that level in your acting career where you're kind of, you know, you can pass on projects if you want to. You're not relying on, oh my gosh, where's my next job coming from type of a thing. I think this contract was okay. Yeah, you know, voting but yes. On the on the other side of that, it looked like if you're not, if you're a working actor who's still relying on the res- residual, relying on I need a job every, you know, then it, it seemed a bit unbalanced just from a layman reading it, you yeah. know. And, but, I mean, in my opinion, I feel like since a lot of the working actors would have voted no on this thing, I feel like maybe a lot of the working actors were at like their day job at the moment so maybe they didn't get a chance to vote but i mean that would also go to every other vote that happened because this was a record turnout right yeah, like yeah. this thing like what the hell's up with that 20 like, let, let, let's see 27 15 okay. percent yeah, yeah yeah so you're talking 140,000, right <laughs> yes like let, let's see let's do the math let's do the math but I mean, that's thirty-eight thousand people, guys. One hundred and forty thousand members. Only thirty-eight thousand voted. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Yeah. What? Yeah. But I, it's just—it's absolutely wild. Like you said. I mean, but it, that goes with real politics as well, like uh, governmental politics. That I mean, a lot of people will talk the talk, but they will not walk the walk, as in going to the booth and actually right. voting or. Uh, sitting down reading this whole thing and actually voting yes or no so it's just crazy man it's crazy i think i think the biggest thing uh, that we that we want to kind of just like wrap it up with the sag after stuff though the 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 priority here is guys whichever side you were on right whether you voted yes or whether you voted no and kudos to you for voting because that's what you're supposed to do um you need to inform yourself because I feel like there was rampant in- misinformation on both sides just going crazy. And you've got to inform yourself. You've got to educate yourself. Read the entire contract. Read every clause. Read every paragraph. Then make a decision. And whether you vote yes or whether you vote no, if you have educated yourself, informed yourself, and read the contract and you feel comfortable in your vote, then good for you. That's, that's how you're supposed to do it. If you can't have the time, like Logan said, maybe you're at a day job, maybe you're struggling to pay the bills and everything, find some people you trust. Listen to people who you trust who have read the contract and who can explain it to you and everything. You can still educate yourself through them and then make the vote. The worst thing you can do is believe back and forth without reading it yourself and or just ignoring it and then not voting because – the Twitter feed lit up with everybody complaining that it passed the way yeah. that it passed. But guys, 27% voted. So you can't complain. Yeah. I, you just, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I, I feel bad for those who are upset about it. I feel great for those who are happy about it. But most of all, you have to vote. That, exactly. That's, that's all I can if say. If you want your voice to be heard, this is your way. This is your exactly. way. Exactly. So it, it was a crazy situation. Absolutely insane. But moving on, uh, now going to the streaming services. I oh, mean, my goodness. Uh, this is by no surprise, 
But Netflix finished atop at the market again for the second quarter of the year, uh, finishing nearly 32% of the market share. Uh, Prime Video settled in close second. I mean, which makes sense. We talk about all the time. Prime Video is very much underrated, but underestimated. But But. the competitors are lining up. They are. And guys, if you add Disney Plus at 6.1%, and Hulu at 18.6%, it's a neck-and-neck tie with Prime. Because remember, Disney is both Hulu and Disney+. Plus. That's all Disney. So you take both their streaming services, they're damn near tied with Prime, and I'm going to put on record, I think they pass Prime next time. Mm. They're, they're gunning for Netflix, okay? And, and so while Netflix is still kicking ass, they're still doing really well. Disney is making moves, man. So you, like I said, you can't you can't forget that both Hulu is fully Disney now, and Disney Plus. So you have to look at those two numbers combined. Yeah. Well, I mean, a thing that I think would probably hold these two back would be the stalling of their projects that a lot of people are anticipating to come out. So that could possibly be uh, a speed bump in the road that we. Don't know what's going to happen with that, but, I mean, we shall see. I mean, a lot of people are still signing up for Disney Plus and doing the bundle package with Hulu and ESPN for Disney Plus. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that makes sense, but I do feel like if a lot of people are anticipating this certain content to come out and it doesn't, uh, I mean, if you're an adult especially, you'd probably just back out. Well, yeah, look, look, no doubt about it. I think a lot of people were pumped about the Marvel stuff, and the Marvel stuff is being delayed a lot. And we're gonna talk, we have another one that's been delayed that we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes. On the flip side of that, though, the good news is, is apparently there is a shit ton of Star Wars stuff coming that ha- looks like it's going to pick up the pace and yeah. maybe carry it until the Marvel shit can get... You know, back on track. Thankfully, a lot of the Star Wars stuff was animated, so yeah. that's not being affected by COVID. And season two of Mandalorian had already been shot, you know, and into post production prior to the whole shutdown. So thankfully, they've got that. I don't. I agree with you, though. I think that the 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 delays and all that could hinder it, but hopefully, Star Wars can hold them over enough. Hopefully, to to you know, to we'll get see it. what happens. We'll see what happens. Trying to be as non biased as possible, but I mean, everybody <laughs> knows we love Disney. So, I mean, it is what it is. But this next one honestly surprises me. Uh, Producer and director uh, Reginald uh, Reginald, uh, Holden, uh, whose credits include 2016 Oscars, uh, will be the first ever black executive producer for the Primetime Emmys. Yeah. What the hell? He's going to executive produce side-by-side with Jimmy Kimmel, who's hosting again. Makes sense. But, yeah, this is – it's shocking to me that this is the first time ever in Emmy history. What? Yeah, like, that's a little behind on your times, guys. The guy's done the Oscars! Exactly. You know what I mean? But good. I'm glad to see that. Yeah, glad it's happening in general, but, I mean, I feel like it's a little later than necessary. We should say they are still set. They're still scheduled to air the Emmys. Uh, Sunday, September 20th, Kimmel will be hosting... That's all we know, though. Yeah. We don't know if there's going to be an audience, if the winners are going to be in the crowd. We don't know any of that. That's all still being worked out. All we know is Reginald will be executive producing. Jimmy Kimmel will be hosting. But that's, that's it. it. That's all we know. So, well, I guess we'll find out before September 20th. Exactly, exactly. But like you were talking about earlier, earlier, um, <laughs> earlier, <laughs> earlier. <laughs> um, Marvel still delaying some shows. I mean, we talked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier last week. Yep. But now we are talking about Miss Marvel, the, the series that's coming to Disney+. Plus. I mean, the studio hopes to begin production on Miss Marvel in Atlanta in November. But, I mean, they're trying to figure it out. Uh, when I mean, they're saying March 2021, the production will run through. Uh, 
Uh, but right, I mean, if yeah, if it starts when they want it to, if it then starts, yeah, exactly. it'll run November through March. But don't worry, you might still see Miss Marvel because apparently somewhere, they somewhere. are they are top prioritizing casting her, and they're going to debut her somewhere in the MCU before her own show comes on. Yeah. So I I would guess Miss Marvel it would be in Captain Marvel. <laughs> Just, never know. Just a guess. Never know. Um, but but that, that would, my money's on that. Um, but anyway, it's a top priority. There, that so you know there it is. Show delayed, but you're still gonna see her, Miss yeah. Marvel. Yeah, definitely. And this next one, ugh, it's so crazy, man. I mean, fuck COVID nineteen because Disney has pulled <laughs> Mulan from the studio's release calendar indefinitely. Nobody knows when it's gonna freaking no, happen. No. Uh, but I mean, like we talked about before, just releasing on streaming. No matter what, I think Disney is gonna take a bath on this film. But no matter what, you should just release it on streaming so that the oh, audience yeah. can push it out and see. I mean, it's at this point. There's no way it makes money. None. It, it, it is going to be in the red. It is going to cost them a fortune. But you got to show it anyway. Yeah. And if you want any kind of money, you're never going to make the profit. You're never going to break even. But if you want any kind of revenue, you got to put it somewhere. I agree. And and so yeah, Disney Plus. Another thing, all these other shows are being delayed. You've got Mulan. Put it on there. You've got Black Widow. That'll probably be uh, fucking taken off. No, no, no. That's it's probably gonna happen. Think about it. I I mean, mean, fucking. If we're all keep pushing shit back, Tenet three times. I know, and and I keep saying if we're in it all the way in November, but I mean we're talking August now. Yeah. So November, God, man, that would be so bad, so bad. It would really suck. It would suck. But Mulan, come on, guys. Just put it on the stream. Look, the success you had with Hamilton, you will see some success with Mulan on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people who want to see that movie, so exactly. just do it. Exactly. And you they've d- also announced delaying Star Wars movies uh, and the Avatar sequels. Haha, fuck you, James Cameron. Yeah. Uh, Don't really give a shit about those. Yeah. yeah just saying. Just, that's me. Just you know, saying. You know. I mean, the long-delayed sequels of the Avatar, which was apparently the – a fucking sequel for supposed to come out in 2014 but now you know it keeps going and going and going <laughs> um but now uh, they said we'll premiere every other december uh starting in 2022 follows avatar 2 uh december 16th 2022 and avatar 3 december 20th of 2024 and avatar 4 in 2026 and avatar 5 goddamn in, in 2028 yeah and in between all of those every other december will be Star Wars yeah. movies because they've been delayed as well. They are going to start taking place every other December opposite Avatar for the three new Star Wars movies. that they're t- One of those being Taiki Waiti. He di- he has confirmed he is writing his. It's he, exciting. As you guys know, we talked about this on the show before. He's writing and directing a Star Wars movie. So he's in writing mode on that. I guess that's going to be one of them in yeah. between all the Avatars. I say just fuck the avatars and just go with Star Wars. Right? Like, I mean, all fucking, like, what, eight years? Like, just go all Star Wars. Nobody wants to wait all the way until fucking 2025 to see these avatars yeah. again. Like, I, I just, that's crazy to yeah, me. Yeah, like, I I don't know, man. I just feel like the, the magical luster has worn off for the for this franchise. I, I just, I don't know. I think the sequels are too little too late, in my opinion. And, and five? 
I mean, I knew he was, I knew he was going to do two more because this underwater stuff was going to be two of them. Yeah. I think now he's just like, no, I'm going to do five. This motherfucker wants to catch Avengers again. It's not going to happen. No. Especially, <laughs> I mean, for granted, like possibly come close if COVID wasn't happening. But definitely since COVID's not is happening, it's not going to happen. No, yeah, because even when the theater's fully open, I don't think the audiences will ever be to the scale they were. No. Plus, like you said, I totally agree. The tech, Everybody's doing that technology now it's so, not special it's anymore not, yeah, exactly. it's not <laughs> special you know what is special though i agree and we both are really happy about this one because we really liked it in in the solo film <laughs> solo solo film that's right donald glover is rumored to be coming back to the galaxy far far away guys yes. as lando calarissian that'd be badass apparently he is in negotiations with lucasfilm he hasn't signed on the dotted line yet but it's close, we're hearing, and it would be a Disney Plus series. So there you go. Look, I think Lucasfilm and Marvel and DC, uh, I mean, uh, Disney are all in agreement that the future of right now, the Marvel and DC franchises are Disney Plus. Yeah. You know, their focus is sure. on getting those shows out there. So, you know, because nobody knows with the movies. Exactly. So I think this is a brilliant one. I think he would be epic to see a young lando having a series yeah i agree or at least popping up in one of the other ones i mean we're talking about the obi-wan one and then we're also still talking about the boba fett one oh, and yeah. then just so many other possible star wars series coming to disney plus so he could pop up in each one of these honestly which would be badass it would i be. mean who doesn't want to see donald glover everywhere exactly everywhere <laughs> exactly and i mean you know and there's still rumors this cat is loved by disney because there are still rumors that they're trying to work him into the marvel franchise somewhere so let, let's make that happen also, right? Exactly. Okay. Taraji. Taraji P. Henson. You missing Cookie? Are you missing Cookie? Well, Cookie's coming back, guys. Empire ain't, but Cookie is. <laughs> Apparently, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. She signed a big deal with 20th Fox Television, and she's got a first-look deal. In a, well, her first project under that deal, a spinoff of Empire. Yes. Cookie is getting her own show. That's badass, because yeah. I think she was the most likable character in the whole series, so it makes sense. Everybody didn't really like Lucius and fucking what's-his-face, but, I mean, you know. But they felt for Cookie. Oh, yeah. Even when Cookie Always. was taking baseball bats and trashing shit and killing people, yeah. you felt for Cookie. Definition of strong, independent woman right there. <laughs> That's like, right. You want to know what makes this even better? Danny Strong is writing it. Oh, boy. Danny, did you guys know Danny Strong co-created Empire? Oh, I don't wow. think nearly enough people know that. I agree. He co-created Empire with Lee Daniels, and he is coming on board for this one. He is doing all the writing for this one. So Danny Strong writing Taraji's cookie is going to be epic. I agree. That's that's all we can say. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to see this thing happen. And, I mean, like we said, everything is so up in the air right now with COVID, but I'm, I really hope this happens soon because, I mean, I can't get enough Taraji in my life. No, <laughs> just say it. She's a badass. So. She is though, I, and like I've loved her on everything I've ever seen her in. Yeah, whether it's serious, comedic, just like. But yeah, I mean it. It's brilliant. Yeah, so. I agree. I agree. And other things happening. I mean, we talked about in wake of all this shit. Animated series are the best thing to do mm -hmm. right now. And Fox has given uh, Vince Vaughn and Victoria Vaughn and Peter Bingsley, uh, West uh, Wild West Picture Show Production Company, a blind script deal. For 
For an animated series, no writer is currently attached at the moment, but Fox <laughs> Entertainment will produce, Vince, Victoria, and Bingley will executive produce, as they should, and should the project go to series, it will be the second animated series that uh, the Wild West Picture Show has produced. The company is also uh, in talks with, uh, are they're actually behind Netflix's F is for Family with Bill Burr. Yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah. I always, I always love the terminology, right? It's a blind script deal. So, of like, uh, course, there's no writer attached. Yeah. It's a blind script, meaning they haven't seen a script. They don't know the script. Have they no don't idea. have to, like, of course, there's no writer. Exactly. Like, this, but, is, this is that, hey, you owe me a favor. Now, let me do this. Right. I haven't written it yet, That's but right. here's the concept. That's so, right. I mean, look, kudos. Vince Vaughn's epic. Exactly. Okay. I mean, for everything I've ever seen him in, it's been brilliant. This is going to be funny. I mean, this will move forward. I'll just say it right now. It says, if it moves forward, it will move forward. Yeah, I mean, it's going to move forward. It's Vince Vaughn. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know what else is moving forward? The American Music Awards. Oh, boy. That's right. Dick Clark's Productions, which is Ryan Seacrest now, right. by the way. Like. The, uh, yeah, uh, serious, like if you guys didn't know. But anyway, ABC and Dick Clark Productions have announced that the 2020 American Music Awards will return in November, November 22nd. Under what format? It's kind of like the Emmys. We have no idea. No idea. Will performers be there? If the performers are there, will there be an audience live? We, we don't know. Will they walk up and get the award? None of that is clear yet, guys. None. So they just they keep announcing the dates for these award shows, but we don't know. Yeah, nobody know. knows what's going to happen, man. I feel like literally everything is up in the air. If the whole thing's a fucking Zoom shit, like... It might be a Zoom shit. <laughs> it might be. I mean, e- everything. Look, I found the NFL draft via Zoom pretty fucking entertaining. Yeah, it was so, entertaining. I mean, you know, you. Know, I mean, if you do it right, it could be pretty fun. Yeah, you know, you know. And I, oh, this is really exciting. I know they teased this a lot when uh, the Lion King was coming out, but of course, twenty-fourth time Grammy winner. The queen herself, Beyonce, uh, yes. released a trailer for Black is King. Her new visual album uh, will be releasing on Disney Plus July 31st. The album is based on The Lion King, The Gift. Uh, the soundtrack for the classic Disney movies is going to be just amazing. And it's also going to uh, feature her daughter, Blue Ivy Carter, Jay-Z, awesome. Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover. Uh, obviously, fucking one of Disney's posters. I'm telling right you, now. he is a, he's the golden child yeah. of Disney right now. Here <laughs> really is freaking uh, Pharrell Williams, Kendrick Lamar, Tiro Wack, uh, 070 Shake, uh, Jesse Rivez, and other artists. Black King promises to reimagine the lessons of the Lion King for today's young kids and queens uh, in search of their own crowns, according to the press release. Mm. I like that. That's, yeah, you that's know, a nice little tagline. It is, yeah. and, and it reminds me very much of what uh, our guest last week said, you know, uh, Denim Richards, talking about, you know, these kids need to remember coming up you know you before the slavery before you were brought over here before all this bullshit you were kings you were queens you exactly. were you know and i feel like beyonce gonna bring that back hey yeah. beyonce's gonna put that out there and say you are still queens you are still kings we can get this so good for i, I i'm excited about this I it's too. queen b exactly who, who's not excited fucking everybody <laughs> the whole country if not the whole world that's right but um, man 
Grownish star and executive producer Yara Shahidi yes. uh, has signed an overall deal with ABC Studios. And you guys know this. Under the pact of her <laughs> forming production company, her business partner, and her mother. Oh, that's cool. Oh. Uh, Kiara Shahidi. Uh, the company is called Seventh Son, and under the deal, they will develop and produce scripted and alternative television products for cable streaming <coughs> and broadcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 right, right. <laughs> I'm not doing CPR. I was putting a lot I into do, it. I would do CPR, yeah. but it's okay. That's all right. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, woo. Yeah, okay. Now, this next one, man, this one makes sense to me, but Elizabeth Moss, as you're going to hear throughout the industry news here, because this ain't the only story, she's kicking, she's going to follow Reese Witherspoon. She's kicking ass. She's going to make moves to put herself on every streamer, apparently. Elizabeth Moss, as you guys know, Handsmaid's Tale, right? Star, big star, has inked a first look deal with Hulu. That makes sense because it's a huge show on Hulu, right? Yeah. Like the big thing, right? So, of course, she's inked one with Hulu. Moss has also launched her own production company called Love and Squalor Pictures. And she's going to be focused on creating TV and film content for all the platforms as part of the deal. She's already in development on an anthology titled Black Match for Hulu, which she's also going to star in. Mm. Now, this series is described as a psychosexual neo-noir thriller set in modern-day Los Angeles Ooh. and comes from an original script by Ian McCullough. Oh, shit. So that's exciting news, guys. And she ain't done. No. We're going we're gonna to talk about that in a little bit. She ain't done. This woman is kicking ass. Yeah, she does not freaking stop. And other things happening for Disney, Hulu, everything in between. Uh, Hunter star Tiffany Boone is set to lead opposite Nicole Kidman and Mm. Melissa McCarthy in uh, Hulu's tentpole limited series, Nine Perfect Strangers, uh, based on uh, Big Little Lies author Leanne Muardi's latest book. Uh, The project is from David E. Kelly. You guys know we love David E. Kelly. Yes. Um, And uh, Bruenna Pardina's uh, Made-up stories. Uh, this is super exciting, man. I mean, they're just putting a lot of adult content on Hulu, as they should. They are. And, and Melissa McCarthy and Nicole Kidman. I'm in right there. Yeah, exactly. Like, like that sounds like it's going to be fucking hilarious to me. little trivia for you since he brought up David E. Kelly. Uh, do you guys know who his wife is? No. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer? Michelle Pfeiffer. That's right. No Janet idea. Van Dyne. That's right, the Wasp in the MCU. Yeah, David E. Kelly's. You learn something new every day, man. Yeah, just you know, filling you with knowledge. Now you go on to Jeopardy and kick ass. All right, right, that's what it's all about. (laughs) This podcast to help you with Jeopardy. (laughs) That's right. We love you, Alex. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, Heading to the bunny, of course. And bad news to start off with the bunny. Another indefinitely postponed tenant. I bet Nolan was pissed. I I mean, this is like the 874th time this movie has I been bet delayed. I he was pissed. And this plays heavily, guys, and I'm just going to say it because uh, we also want to briefly put in there that AMC and Regal are now not opening when they were scheduled to at the end of July. Why? Because of Tenet. Tenet has been the film that has determined whether or whether or not yeah. the theaters will reopen, and it keeps getting pushed, and now it's indefinite, so who knows about the theaters? So, but Tenet, not going to happen. Removed from the schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he was pushing for this thing, too. After it got moved uh, the second or first uh, the first or second time, he was like, I really just want this thing to come out for the summer box office. And now, 
Oh, I bet. He's heated. He's got to be. And he's not one of those that wants it on a streamer. No. No. He is full out theater because he's a film guy. He yeah. still shoots on film, guys, and he still does practical effects. Yeah. The Dark Knight and all that shit you saw in The Dark Knight, the explosions, flipping trucks, all that shit, all fucking practical. There was no CGI bullshit there. This is a guy who's old school filmmaker. He's like, fuck you. I want it in the theaters. Exactly. I want it in summer. But I, mm, yeah, mm. Tenet's not the only one being delayed, though, nope. at uh, Warner Media. Freaking Conjuring 3 is now being delayed. Uh, it says that the third one uh, was supposed to hit theaters on September 11th. Bad date, bro. Um, <laughs> but now, like, it, yeah, they will know it will no longer be the case. No yeah, one knows. June 4th of yeah. 2021 now. Yeah. That's a big, like, boof, yeah. jump. I love the name of it, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. What did you see? And I don't know if we have it in here, but. Uh, the quiet place as well yeah yeah what the fuck yeah <laughs> it's just crazy man like these movies were supposed to come out like four five six months ago i fucking hate covid i know like it's I know. so bad it, it's we finally found a movie subscription service that we love that works that is perfect you can see whatever you want whenever you want all the time <laughs> we can't go to the movies like it sucks god damn all right john stanky was pretty happy stanky Worst name ever, but great guy. Uh, John Stanky, the head of uh, AT&T, which is the parent company of Warner Media. So, because we're talking bunny, right? Yes. HBO Max. Woo! They launched. They're going to come after Disney+. Plus. All right, they're after Netflix. Maybe not. Uh, their first month, they only tallied up 3 million subscribers in their first month of launch. Uh, 4.1 if you count the people who had AT&T packages that included. Um, and I want to know how many of you were screwed like I was. You have an unlimited plan. It said you had HBO Max. You went to sign up for HBO Max. It said you didn't have HBO Max. Then they send you an email saying you did have HBO Max. Fuck you, Stanky. This could be why you only got 3 million subscribers, okay? Uh, All right. All right, I'm going to calm down now. Right? Like, woosah. Anyway, 4.1 million total. And really, 4 million, Okay. To put that in comparison, Disney, Disney had 25 million, okay, 55 million currently, 25 million in the first month, and 10 million in like the first week of launch. Yeah. Now at 55 million, so HBO Max is looking like Quibi numbers for streamers. Okay, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, think, I think a big, a big uh, speed bump that they faced here was. Not pushing enough of their original content being like first breakout shit when you launched. Like everybody was anticipating The Mandalorian when Disney Plus launched. That's why a lot of people signed up. Right. And I mean, of course, everybody saw that a lot of people backed out of Disney Plus after they were done with The Mandalorian. So I feel like HBO Max's problem was, like I said, they didn't push their original content to be on the platform. Enough. Well, and another problem, and we're gonna, we'll talk about it right now, is that they keep. They said, oh, you're going to sign up because you're going to love this and you're going to love that. And they can't make up their fucking mind about what they want on there and what they don't want yeah. on there. All the DC movies are here. No, they're gone. No, they're back. No, they're gone. So you got to like stay steady with your content. Like yeah. put it up, keep it up there because that's what people are going for. And then these poor people who came like three weeks late to the game, the shit that they came for wasn't on there it's anymore. On and it's there. like that's, that's crazy. They did announce a whole bunch of new stuff coming though. Yep. Among those are – um. Batman films, including all of Christopher Nolan's Batman films and Tim Burton's. 
No Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Everybody's just yeah. ignoring that. Smartly so. <laughs> Tim Burton, Christopher Nolan. Yeah, I'm good Batman shit. Maybe, maybe that's why DC streaming service is failing because those were on there. That's true. It's true. <laughs> uh, the first two seasons of Harley Quinn. If you Guys, if you haven't checked out Harley Quinn on fucking DC Universe and it's, now it's jumping over to HBO Max, Kaylee Cuoco is voicing it. Fucking badass. You guys got to watch that shit. So that's going to be good. Birds of Prey. Of course, Seth Rogen's American Pickle, right? Now, all that is great news. You're thinking, damn, I got to sign up. Now we're going to talk about the one that's pissing everybody off. Yes. Fucking Harry Potter. (laughs) Fucking Harry Potter. All eight films were on there. And, of course, they are saying now that they're going to take those bitches off. Well, they are saying because they don't have exclusive rights to them. But it's bullshit. Fucking you're starting your streaming services. And this is like one of your biggest franchise. Why not try to keep that bitch all together? Why not try to sign a deal to bring them all back. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. No, and they're losing some really good shit on top of Harry Potter also. Dumb and Dumber movies, yeah. the John Wick movies, Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill movies. Yeah. Like, all that shit is epic. All of that is fun to watch, but you can't. But you can't. It's all going. I you can watch the Batman movies, though. Yeah. Like, see, that's exactly what I'm the talking about. The good ones, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're good ones. Oh, but, I mean, it's not all bad for HBO and HBO Max and all that good stuff. Perry Mason, which is apparently a huge show. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it, but has been renewed for its second season yes! at HBO. So, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, the premiere episode garnered freaking, like, 8 million viewers. That's insane. Yeah, a lot of people were worried about it because, you know, Perry Mason, Raymond Burr, back in the, you know, old days, television and everything was it. This is, like, set way back you yeah. know in like noir day 30s and stuff and so people were worried are people going to buy into that since it's not like set in the same time as the yeah. Raymond series apparently so apparently they love it and yeah. hbo said that it's filling a need for a certain aged audience but going in robert downey jr by the way robert downey jr and his wife they do this show they produce this show yeah um anyway uh matthew reese from the americans is the star he's perry mason all of them knew going in they said they felt like their target audience was going to be 40 or over so it, they knew it was going to be a niche thing yeah and it's working so good for them man. yeah seriously especially after all the heat he got from doolittle so i mean he deserves a win man rdj deserves a win oh man but i mean other interesting hap- things happening over at hbo and the cw uh the cd the cw is uh, developing a stephen king novel uh based off of a short story the revelations of rebecca polson uh the long line of the series reads after accidentally shooting herself in the brain with a nail gun a uh yeah polena ish becca polson is uh, re uh, recruited by an over it Jesus uh, to be chosen by be his chosen one in stopping the apocalypse. This is a bit more lighthearted. If you guys are familiar with the short story, she actually shoots herself in the head with a real gun. Mm. It gets damn near really crazy. So this is a bit more lighthearted, but it makes sense because it's going to the CW. Yeah, it's not going to like HBO or HBO Max. So I'm going to the CW. Yeah, so, um, I hope it works. It's cool that they're kind of good diving into the Stephen King world, right? That's going to be pretty epic. But we saw kind of that dark, I don't know, weird stuff, you know, with Sabrina and stuff didn't really work on the CW. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know, brother. I don't know. For freaking jumping over to Viacom CBS, uh, Paramount's Grease prequel, Summer Lovin', has tapped Brett Haley to direct the film. Summer Lovin' will detail That's right. the summer fling between Danny and Sandy, you know, what they were singing about. And I mean... Who was right? What was it really like? Did he drop that exterior badass, hard-ass <laughs> greaser, or did she become like a slut? 
during the summer. No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't know. It's always back and forth with those we, Yeah, two. we only saw the flashbacks in the original movie of them on the beach. So yeah. now we're going to see the whole date night on the beach and everything. I just want to throw this out there, you know, uh, now that you've got a director, Olivia Holt. Mm. If you don't cast Olivia Holt as Sandy, epic fail. Yeah. You can, you can thank me later. You can thank me later. But I'm telling you, that's your girl yeah. right there, Sandy. And this is also kind of concerning and yet kind of exciting at the same time. This will be the first time Haley will uh, direct a first major studio film. He's been an indie guy and a streaming guy. So let's see what happens. Let's Even see what happens. more so, bring Olivia Holt, who has All a right. built-in audience that can help you. Okay, yeah. Olivia. All right. Anyway, yeah. you know, you brought up sports. I want to quickly mention Bob Costas, CNN. Yeah. Yeah, guys, he's coming back to do sports. Remember he left Monday Night Football or uh, Sunday Night Football, you know, blah, blah. he's coming back, CNN. Going to be a sports contributor. <sighs> Good, Bob. Good, Whoa. Bob. Oh, this next one, NBC Universal. Universal Pictures is in talks with Tom Cruise and Doug Lyman. You remember that crazy thought that they wanted to shoot a movie in space? Yeah. Well, apparently they still do, and Universal is listening. <laughs> I'm so baffled by this. We know that NASA and uh, SpaceX from Elon Musk are cooperating on helping with logistics and everything, right? Yeah. But guys, they're saying that the budget is going to be $200 million. Jesus. How do you go to space on $200 million unless Musk is going to pay it's for not, you to get yeah. to space? I think the budget's going to be a whole lot larger, it's not right? not feasible. Then you're talking all kinds of logistic problems, guys. Without ever shooting in space... What if something goes wrong? Insurance. What, what, yeah. what, like, how do you? How the cost of trying to fix shit in space? Do you have to launch something else up there? Do you have to cut? You, you, just that is going to play heavily on the budget, right? And then, like Logan just said, insurance. How the hell are you going to insure this project and insure the stars? What insurance company is going to say, "Ah, I'm safe with putting my money on this. They're going to space." <laughs> What? No, I don't even think this film's going to ever be made because I don't think it can get insured. Yeah. That I'm just putting that out there. I, I don't know. Here's the crazy part. Tom Cruise wants $60 million. Jesus. He's asking between 30 and $60 million to star and produce this film. He's, what? A, little, he's a little cocky. Guys, and... It, and then it gets even more crazy because Cruise is even more... Remember him jumping on Oprah's couch? He's this crazy. He doesn't want the streamers to bid on it. Yeah. The streamers who have all the money at this point, who are getting all of the people watching at this point, no. He wants this to be an event movie that brings people back to the theater. He believes in it, and he wants $60 He's million. obviously not paying attention to what the no. climate is right now. No. I mean, this man is so out there. <laughs> Everybody knows. He makes great action movies, but man, this guy is woo. His head might already be in outer space. It's, <laughs> it's like out there. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Because I know I give Tom Cruise a lot of shit, but I really like all of his movies. So I think this movie would be epic. I just don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah. You know what is epic, though? Dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. We knew it. We called it. Soon as we announced that your boy, Stabler, was coming back, right? Chris Maloney coming back. You couldn't have it without him and Olivia teaming back up, At least, yeah. Yeah, At least one more time. So. Bring the game back together. That's right. Stabler and Benson had a selfie. (laughs) 
Mariska Hargitay and Chris Maloney, they posed in a selfie together. They teased it. He's going to appear on SVU before the spinoff kicks off. Yeah. Duh. Makes sense. Duh. Everybody knew that was coming because we got to explain where the hell he's been. And boy, is Benson going to be pissed. I'm just saying. uh, Thursdays, 10 p.m. It's good to go. It's going to be kicking off in the fall season. So, yeah, I'm super fucking excited for this. I thought how he went out was bad. I'm glad they're bringing him back. I'm glad they're fixing this. I mean, he was such a main, huge, favorable, like, fan-liked character. So, I mean, yeah, he deserves a spinoff in general anyway. It's going to be really cool because Olivia is in a whole different place. Exactly. She's a fucking captain now. Yeah. Head of the precinct now. Like, a whole different – how Stabler deals with that, how she deals with Stabler. Exactly. Apparently been lying to her the whole time, like, where he was and all. Oh, it's going to be juicy. Badass, badass. I think Rebecca Kennedy should make another appearance. I agree. I'm just saying. It sounds like a show. Don't know how. Don't know how. Just – yeah, you play a different character and show up on the new spinoff. Yeah. You, know, you can be in a crime family. He goes yeah. after crime families in the mafia. Yeah. Uh, you're mean. Yeah. 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 You might get shot in the head again. <laughs> but, you know, you know. But this next one, I'm honestly not surprised that they're pushing this. Um, Lauren Michaels, everybody knows he's behind SNL. He's the mastermind behind it. Yes. Um, he's freaking really trying hard to bring it back to Manhattan Studios uh, for the late night program for its 46th season. I mean, NBC declined to comment on this, the plans of the next cycle of SNL. I mean, with everything happening, but who knows, man? Who knows? I don't, I don't know if this is a good idea or a bad idea, but I mean, the remote, the Zoom thing that they did a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago didn't go over bad, so yeah. I don't understand why they just couldn't do that for the time being. I don't know. Apparently, Fallon, right, he's headed back to his studio to try yeah. to do it, and I, I mean, I guess they're just wanting to get back to the norm. But, yeah. I mean, if it ain't safe, don't do it's it. It's still that, not the norm, though. No. It's it, not it, the norm. It's not. Hey, did you hear anything about Spider-Man? Uh, nope. Nope. So we're moving past Sony. Yes, we are. <laughs> and I R-E-S-P-E-C-T your uh, decision to move past Sony. Oh, thank you. You're thank welcome. You. Because now we're talking about MGM's upcoming Aretha Franklin documentary. Yes. Respect, starring Oscar winner and Broadway alum Jennifer Hudson. You know, the one Simon Cowell said wouldn't wasn't good enough. Yeah, now, fuck you, Simon. <laughs> Everybody's wrong once, buddy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But uh, this makes sense because it, the movie was supposed to come out around uh, Christmas weekend, but now it is coming out around Martin Luther King uh, Day weekend. Yeah. So. I'm glad. This makes total sense. And don't worry, even though it's being pushed back. Because of the new rules with the Oscars, remember, that's been pushed back and yep. you have until February to qualify now. So she is still safe for the award season because yes. I'm betting she's getting nominated. I'm betting this for film sure. is getting she nominated because, yeah. you know, you got to show her some respect. Um, so it's all good. I mean, and I'm excited because I think this is definitely an award type film. Yeah. And I mean, super. I agree. Too. And when you, wa- when you guys watch this one, be sure to look out for our buddy Joshua McHale. Yes. He's going to come on in a couple weeks and talk about this one. Yes. So, I mean badass film he's got some great stories about it uh just a little tease for you guys yeah yeah i love when he's talking about meeting jennifer hudson and like Like, shit. Uh, definitely now this is we were talking about hallmark a little bit and crown media this next one Nobody saw it coming. Nobody even heard that it happened. Uh, but Winoya Lucas has been named president and CEO of Crown Media Family Networks. Uh, Lucas is responsible for the strategic direction, daily management of growth of the three linear networks, the Hallmark Channel, Hallmark Movies, and Mysteries, and Hallmark Drama. And I know what you're thinking. 
Where's Bill Abbott? Exactly. Well, you remember that big controversy that Bill got himself into a few months back when they aired the same sex couple commercial uh, during the Christmas, you know, stuff on Hallmark, and then they took it off the air because they got a lot of heat, and then they got a lot of heat for taking it off the air, so they put it back on the air. And yeah. That, well, apparently Abbott did not survive that. He did apparently not. Uh, Abbott quietly and apparently very quietly stepped down after that. Yeah. And now. I mean, Wanya is going to take his place. Look, I think this is a really good move. Same. I mean, Hallmark channels and Crown Media have always targeted a high female audience, right? A family audience. And they have taken some cracks that there's not they're not diverse. Yeah. That they, you know, um, so I think this is if you're going to put a woman in charge and then you put a woman of color in charge, all epic. This move is smart. Congratulations to the CEO of Hallmark in general to, to put a CEO of the Hallmark channels in place that's a woman and a woman of color. This is going to go really well, I think. Yeah, and, and I'm excited. Move. I'm excited to see what she's going to bring to the table and how she's going to take the company in a different direction or if in the same direction. And she's excited. She's been with the company for a while and she's a huge fan of Hallmark. And, and so she's and she's familiar with the brand and how it all works. She's going to be a smart Keep that's Christmas smart Con. Brand. I want to attend Christmas Con. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, now heading over to Netflix. Ooh! Netflix had a lot of news this week, they guys. They did. Very happy to see. This uh, one. I'm this? old enough to remember. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, um, a new film is in the works at Netflix starring Julia Roberts, uh, Hollywood sweetheart, and Denzel Washington, epic major badass. Uh, yeah. The pair will star in Leave the World Behind based on an upcoming novel by Ruman uh, Alam, uh, Mr. Robot creator. As Sam Ismail will write and direct the project. That's going to be badass. Yeah, man. Yeah. That is going to be what epic. did they did they oh they, I see they worked together in Pelican yes. Brief remember yeah. Pelican Brief <laughs> brilliant film shot in New Orleans badass this is actually uh, and yes it was a while ago okay 1993 yeah I, I, a while ago. I was I was I was around yeah you know, I was I a have, young guy but I was around yeah this is the first time they've worked together since then. Nearly so that's 30 pretty years. epic. Yeah. That is epic. And, I mean, I'm excited because I love Sam. Yeah. Mr. Robot was awesome. It was really good. I mean, so this is going to be epic. You, you know Fiona from Shameless? Yeah. That's his wife. Oh, all right. I, okay. Trivia everywhere. Just <laughs> bing right Dropping there. The Mr. Robot creator and writer. Fiona, the wife. Exactly. Bing. All right. Anyway, this is going to be epic. Hell I'm, I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> But Netflix is also buying an untitled action adventure film from Ryan Reynolds and Sean Levy. The streamer bought the rights to the film, which will star at Reynolds and will be directed by Levy. Uh, from Skydance Media, financial terms uh, of the sale were not disclosed, so we don't even know. But Netflix previously teamed with Reynolds on the hit Underground 6, that Michael, Michael Bay, Bay film. Yeah. yeah. So, at rumor is it's in the you know $200 million range. <laughs> Even that that's always undisclosed, but I love how somebody always leaks the rumor. Always. Maybe two hundred million. We don't know you, you know. Yeah. It's Ryan Reynolds though, so it's gonna be good. It's yeah. I mean so Netflix is banking on him a lot, so that's exciting. And I have to say, I mean, I'm honestly surprised because this guy's been around for a while, but I think since the Deadpool, he's found a whole new like life in it's Hollywood. True. I just want to say, Ryan Reynolds, if by any chance you're listening or watching and, and somebody points this out to you, I've been a fan since two guys and a girl in a pizza parlor. Mm. 
Nobody even remembers that show, but I watched it and I was a fan. Van Wilder, bro. <laughs> Van Wilder. See, come on the show. We respect you pre-Deadpool. All right, that's all I'm saying. Just... Oh my goodness. Ooh. What the fuck is that? I'm beginning that... to do the crane, man. Uh, yeah, the Daniel Ar- Larusa. The listeners had no idea. What uh, no, was no, they were like, "What's going on?" Uh, now I need CPR. Yeah. You guys know. You heard. Netflix picked up Cobra Kai, right? Yes. That's a spinoff from Karate Kid, and it's now set in modern time 30 years later. Woohoo! Season three's coming. Now we know when the first two seasons are coming. Because everybody was like, what? You're going to do season three? We want to watch season two. August 28th. Boom. Boom. You'll right get there. to watch the first two seasons of the YouTube series, now Netflix series, August 28th. And then season three shortly after. Yeah, I feel like uh, because it was being shot on the MGM Sony lot. So I feel like they freaking realized that this show is too good for not a lot of people to watch it on YouTube. So (laughs) we're going to need to pick this somewhere else. And I'm glad that Netflix and them came to an agreement. And I'm super excited to watch the first two seasons and the next however many seasons they do. Me too. And I bet Netflix is grateful because I bet they were – I mean we heard from Ralph Macchio and the guys that they pitched it all around. Everywhere, yeah. Netflix passed on it the first time, so they're like, let's bring it. (laughs) So glad we got that back. So glad we got that back. Oh, so excited about this. It makes sense because... By the power of Grayskull! Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, But since, I mean, COVID shutting a lot of live action stuff down, animated stuff, like we keep talking about, is continuing to go on. Like Kevin Smith and Netflix's Master of the Universe revelation uh, hasn't let COVID slow it down at all. Nope. So that shit is still coming out. Uh, we have yet to get a release date, but nothing. There's no speed bumps with that one. That one is still going on and going to hit Netflix hopefully soon. Yeah, he, he announced recently that all of his people have finished all their dialogue. All that's in place. Mark Hamill, Lena Headley... Uh, Stephen Root, Sarah Michelle Geller, and Chris Wood, Monel from Supergirl. Yeah. That, that's who's He-Man, by the way. They've all finished their recording. They did it all remotely and everything, so bam, it is good to go. Super excited, man. Super excited. Mm. Rob, Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle. Who doesn't love Rob Riggle? I just like his name. Yeah, Rob Riggle. <laughs> yeah, I bet he wiggles. I bet he does. <laughs> Rob Wiggle with the wiggle finger. Right. And Natasha Leggero, Ron Funches, Cleo King, and 80 Miles have all joined the voice cast of Netflix's Hoops alongside Jake Johnson. Remember him from Tag? Boom! Yeah, yeah from Tag and yeah. from, uh, you know, the Girl Next Door and, yeah. like, all that fun stuff. Um, Hoops is a basketball-themed adult animated series from Ben Hoffman and Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the guys behind the Lego movies and stuff. Yeah. It's going to be badass. August 21st, you're going to be able to watch it. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I mean, like I said, animated. It's a lot coming in yeah, August for man. Netflix, man. That's super exciting, and I I bet that's going to help keep them at the top. Not saying that Disney is not going to get there closer. They're at least going to be number two, I feel like. Yeah. Like we talked about at the beginning of the show, they'll at least be number two at the streamer standing. But Netflix is continuing to make that push to stay number one at the streamer. You know what Netflix did, though, that really made me mad? And it's not really Netflix. It's not it, their fault. It has to do with the casting. And, yeah. the, and the, if you had just stuck with Claire, it wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Just saying. I agree. Anyway, were you as pissed off as I was with that big-ass gap between season one and season two of The Crown? Yeah. Right? You were like, when the fuck is season two coming? Then that big-ass gap between season two well even you're bigger getting yeah <laughs> more of a big ass gap apparently the gap season five won't be hitting until 2022 damn 
they're going to keep because they're doing another casting change, another yeah. turnover, another flip flop. So, look, we're all glad it's coming back after they decided they weren't going to do another season. Now yeah. they are going to do another season. All that's good, but you're going to have to wait forever to fucking see it. Yeah. So, season five. Uh, June, I mean, 2022. Yeah, so. and I, this is exciting, though. At least season four has already completed production and is expected to debut later this year. So, I mean, it's coming out soon, but after that, like you said, it's going to be fucking ever. Like, it's going to be forever. Just enjoy the season and then know you're going to be waiting forever. Exactly. <gasps> the boys. Did you see the fucking trailer yes! where, they, where they run into the whale? Yeah, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I love the line on it. If you thought the dolphin was bad. Yeah. Like it's, this show is so great. All my Supernatural family people, Eric Kripke, man. If you're not watching fucking The Boys, you need to be watching it. Picked up for season three. And they're adding like the Talking Dead type. They're doing a, they're doing a show, an after show with it. Makes it. sense. Aisha Tyler's going to uh, host it. She's hilarious. She's funny on uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway. She was great on Friends. She was on The Talk. You know where you love her. Uh, it's going to be epic. This show is epic. Yeah. So season three renewed before. I'm, I, it's just I'm so excited. I hope uh... – What's his name there? Daddy Winchester. Yes, yes, Richard Dean Morgan. Apparently, that's in talks. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean. Why? Richard Dean. Every time. (laughs) Every time. Richard Dean Anderson. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. See, that's why I just call him, you know, JDM. Yeah, I understand. I just need to go with JDM. But I hope this is the season he pops up in. Because, I, I so mean, too. he would fit right into this oh fucking shit. Like, gosh, he'd fit he'd be right epic. in. epic. He would be so epic. Wasn't he in um, The Watchmen, like the movie? Wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Oh, so see? Right there. Dark fucking superheroes. I mean, right this there. guy is badass, okay? Yeah, I mean, even when I get his name wrong. I better be careful. He's going to grab Lucille and come kick my ass. Right? I, I don't want any uh, of that. Don't fucking don't fuck. <laughs> I am not Richard Dean Anderson. Do I look like fucking MacGyver? Like, no. <laughs> no, you no. don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Negan? Oh, All right. Anyway, <laughs> yes. Uh, this uh, the cast of Amazon's uh, Inspicable or Indecisible, whatever. Invincible. Uh, invincible words uh, <laughs> on Robert Kirkman's comic book uh, series of the same name is expanding. Uh, yeah. Kirkman announced The Walking Dead. Carrie Peeman, uh Peyton uh, will play King Ezekiel from AMC's zombie drama. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He. Yeah. You. You know King Ezekiel from The Walking Dead. Yeah. Yeah, that's who Kari Payton is. Badass. Yeah, he's a badass. And Spock. Yeah. Who doesn't want to see King Ezek and Spock together in a show? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. You know, you know. And I mean, Apple is doing some things as well. Apple is giving a series order to Shining Girls of Mythical uh, <laughs> Thrillers based on Lauren Brooks' uh, 2013 best-selling drama, The Shining Girls. Yes. So, uh, starring Elizabeth Moss. Yes. You see? That's right, yeah. Elizabeth Moss. She's got. She's going to be executive producing this thing with a, a little guy named Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, just a little. Yeah, bit. just a little. Yeah, yeah. So, like we said earlier at the top of the show, she is following in Reese Witherspoon's, you know, footsteps. She's apparently going to be executive producing and creating content and starring in shows on every streamer. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. So. And we're going to fit this last thing in here real quick. Quibby, a little too, little too late. Um, Samuel L. Jackson and Ryan Reynolds are set to star in Motherfucker, an animated series for Quibby, but. I mean, I don't think anybody is going to be coming back for this thing. No, and and here's the really weird thing about they're playing themselves. Yeah. 
Like, it's a really weird concept. It'll be funny because yeah, it's Ryan always. Reynolds and fucking Samuel L. Jackson, but I bet it's going to have to find a new Netflix. Maybe. You love Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. <laughs> Just bring him on. It'll be fine. Pick him up. Pick him up. But now it is time for our guest segment. We got the one and only Joseph Bullockwin coming on the show. Yes. To leave a little piece of advice, talk about Greyhound and all these other amazing things that he's got going on in his life. This is going to be a good one for the up-and-comers. Oh, without doubt. If ever there was a guest to listen to about how to break down walls, get over, you know, through doors and 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 keep at it until you hit. This is the guy to listen to, guys. I agree. I agree. Well, here he is. Joseph Poliquin, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. Awesome. Awesome. We are so excited to talk to you about everything Greyhound and all of the awesomeness <laughs> that you have going on with this. We got all of our listeners are pumped for it, so we're, we're stoked to have you on, bro. Thank you. Of course, of course. And what we like to do at the beginning is kind of introduce you to our listeners just so okay. they can get familiarized with your work and what you have done and where you come from, really. So what we like to do is ask you, how did you get started in industry was it something you always wanted to do or did you kind of just fall into it or how how did it all come about i mean definitely definitely it was something i always wanted to do but never thought that i would ever get the chance otherwise i wouldn't have gotten tattoos all over my body <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i was i was doing music uh since i was 16 and I, I you know that taught me how to get rid of the stage fright how to perform in front of people how to remember lyrics, which is pretty much like remembering lines. Right. Um, but I, ne- I never thought I'd be an actor until one day I was uh, I was working as a mechanic, and I started going to college. Mm-hmm. And my boss fired me. He mm. said, "You go to college, you can't work for me full time, so I don't need you." So he fired me, mm. and my college shut down. Damn. So after my co- yeah, so after my college shut down, I was like, "What am I going to do?" And uh, a friend was like, "Hey, American Horror Story is looking for some extras." And I, you know, I had made a few short films as a teenager and uh, I had a YouTube channel, but like, once again, like that's not truly the same as acting right, know, in right. a film and going through the process. So I, uh, I went and I, I was, I was like, all right, yeah, I'll send in my pictures to become an extra. And it turned out I was one of five core background in American Horror Story Freak Show. And we worked for seven months straight with Evan Peters and Kathy Bates and everyone. Shit. Uh, I made some lifelong friendships on that, that production. And, uh, Evan Peters one night told me, man, I think you, you have it. You could be an actor. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, do you want to be an actor? You can do it. I was like, well, what do I do? What are, what are the steps? He's like, well, get some headshots and try to get an agent. That's what he told me. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> hey. like, it's I, amazing, I, I right, advice. though? Like, like, you never know. Like, the shit that happens in life will put you on the path of where you're supposed to be, right? That's what it is. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. You, you think, shit, fired from the job, the school shuts down, what the hell's going on? Well, this is what's going on. Yeah. This is where you're supposed to be. Exactly. So. Meant to be on 13 episodes of American Horror Story. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> I was working on all 13 episodes, but every time I got FaceTime, it got cut out until the second to last episode. Oh, shit. I had a machete. Yeah, I had a machete and I was chasing uh, Dennis O'Hare's character. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you had fun on set, man. That's all that matters. Oh, and amazing. you got the learning experience, exactly. and then, like Dustin yep. said, put you on the right path to start to do bigger and better things, really. Exactly, man. Exactly. And it, it never it never hurts or is never a bad thing when you hear somebody that's established in the industry say, "Hey, dude, you should be doing this. You're pretty good at this, right?" <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I mean, we got to say, I mean, moving on. I, I mean, Sophia Vergara, Reese Witherspoon. I mean, you know, Tom Hanks. You, you've worked with some incredible people, bro. <laughs> 
Thank you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Talk about that a little bit. Like, okay, first of all, we love the, the, the scene in Hot Pursuit. I yeah, mean, we, we got to talk about that a little bit. I mean, that shit was hilarious, okay? <laughs> I, how you did it with, with, with them two ladies, I don't even know. Right. What, what was that like with, with Sophia and Reese? I mean, were, were they as, as so, crazy or what? Oh, they're amazing. They're amazing people, amazing actors, and just good people. And the whole time they are just talking about their kids and how proud they were of the kids. It was like... It was like my first experience with uh, celebrity actors being normal people, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> I <can't> believe it. <laughs> right. um, but it happened. It happened around the same time that the American Horror Story thing happened, mm-hmm. and it's funny because when you when you think about acting, you think that okay, you have to know people, you have to get involved, you have to go to parties, you have to you know talk to people and you know become friends, and it's really none of that. It's none of that. There's so many people in this world that fit certain characters that you know uh, I, I wouldn't even call it Hollywood because it's not all. All, not all films are made in Hollywood. Right. The film industry, you know, there's certain people that they need that they don't have yet or that, you know, they haven't met yet or seen yet. So they're picking people off the street at all times. I never knew that you could get a part like that in Hot Pursuit without even doing an audition. That's what I never knew. Like, did they know I could act? They had no idea. Right. <laughs> they had no idea. They, they saw a picture of me. They said, yeah, he looks young and he looks like he could be this cashier. Let's get him. Yeah. So I thought I was just going to be an extra. Once again, you know, I had no aspirations trying to be this big star. I was like, I was very happy just being where I was. Oh, I get to get paid and I get to eat free just to hang out with celebrities and watch them do their amazing work. Well, count me in. Like, I, did, I didn't want, you know, I wasn't caring about, like, becoming a star. And uh, I get to set and it's just, they put me behind the counter and they were like, okay, it's just you, Sophia, and Reese in this scene. And I'm like, wait, what? This isn't an extra part. I was like, this this isn't an extra part. And they're like, you didn't read your sides? I was like, wait, I have sides? Those those, those of you listening, (laughs) for those of you listening that don't know what sides are, sides are your side of the story. It's uh, the scene they're shooting for the day, and uh, it'll include your character. So I was like, wait, I'm written in the script? Are you serious? And the guy that was telling me this, he was like, oh, this is priceless. Hold on, I'm going to go get some sides. He's like, you were going to love this. My my ex-girlfriend was on set at the time, and uh, they hand me the sides, and they're like, yeah, you know, cashier sitting there, uh, Sophia walks up and gives him a $100 bill, bends over the counter, and he looks down her shirt. And I was like, wait, this can't be right. <laughs> cool. I went up and talk to the, uh, to the AD. He's like, yep, that's you. I was like, uh, no one even auditioned me. Whatever. So I went and I talked to my, uh, my ex, and I was like, hey, look, I don't want you to be upset, but I kind of have to do this little, you know, intimate scene, and it's, it's a little, you know, it's a little... A little risque. Right. Like, what is it? She, she read through the sides and she starts laughing. She goes, I'm jealous. Like, I'm jealous. And, and that's like, when you say, well, it's acting. It's just acting. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that exactly. is great. Exactly. I, I love that, though, because, the, you know, we've had a, a few guests on uh, a say similar to what you just said. And I think it's really important because we have a lot of listeners who are trying to break into the industry. And I love the fact that, that so good. many of you guys say – there's a place for you because there is. Yeah. I, I feel like if no matter what you look like or what you sound like or who you are, if you are trying to be in this industry and you are passionate yeah. about doing it, there is a place for you in the industry. And I think it's important that people say that, dude. So I'm glad that you did bring that up. And I also like the fact that you brought up that they're just real people. They're talking about their kids on set because I feel like a lot of times most people don't realize they might be a big name star, but they're just like me and you. They're just like regular people. You know, most 
most of them yeah, anyway. And, and that's a good thing, and I think that's a great approach for a young actor to have. you got to go into it saying, hey, we're all just people. We're all just working, trying to do our job. And I think that's important, exactly, man. Yeah. So, and yeah. I love your enthusiasm. You could just tell from your voice you, you have man. a shit ton of passion for what you do. So. <laughs> Thank you so much. Of course, of course. Well, I mean, man, let's talk about it. Greyhound with Tom Hanks, man. That's insane. Like, I'm so excited to see this one. Like, I cannot believe, like, what was it even like to be in the presence of, like, this acting god? (laughs) I I know, we just say, oh, they're all normal people, but but it's Tom Hanks. (laughs) I mean, it's it's hard to say Tom Hanks is a normal person, right? No, yeah, he's, he's too, he's too, I would say too nice, but he's like, he's exactly the amount of nice that people say he is. There like, you go. When you hear that he's the nicest guy in Hollywood, it's 100% accurate. <laughs> like, you, you can't, I don't know, like, I know Brian Cranston is like, close for a second place. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's hard to beat America's dad, man. Exactly. Uh, I mean, for Christ's sake, they're saying if there's a cure for this COVID shit, it's going to be Tom Hanks's blood. Yeah, I mean, right. that should tell you everything you need to know, right? Like, <laughs> But all, all kidding aside, though, this, this I mean, he wrote it, and so it's real personal to him, and so you could tell it's a passion project yep. for him. So what was that like? I mean, it must have been amazing for you to take that step up in the career, and it's on a passion project of Tom Hanks, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like you said, the passion project is the best way to put it because he, you know, he shot this film for years. He, he worked on the script for like five or six years. It was six years of him working on the script before he even started casting it. You know, and yep. I, I just, I, I knew whenever I got the phone call that I was even going to have the audition, I was like, I, I'm going to put everything I have into this audition because Definitely. this is not just another Tom Hanks movie. This is his baby. You know, exactly. Like, something he cares about. Exactly. And I mean, but, let's, uh, let's talk about the audition process a little bit. Uh, what, how did that come about? Like, was it your agent or manager that reached out and figured out this thing was happening and thought you'd be perfect for it? Or how'd that all come about? I heard about this film in 2014, 2015, I wow. think, before I was even, yeah, before I was even auditioning or, or you know, approaching acting, um, or I had had a few auditions, but I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't thinking I was going to get anything. Right. Um, but yeah, I heard about the film. You know, of course, Tom Hanks is coming to your town to make a movie. People are going to talk about it. So yep. everyone's talking about it. They're like, it's going to be on the uh, USS Kid. Years passed, and I thought that he, are, he had already made the film mm-hmm. or, you know, or whatever it happened. And I, I, uh, I, it's the craziest thing, man. Uh, me and my ex, we broke up, and I had to move out. I moved on to my friend's couch. I was living on his couch for like a week. I I really didn't know what was gonna happen with my life at the time. You know, I was I was like, man, I I love acting. I love doing this so much, um, but I have to support myself. And, yep, I, and this yep. was like, you know, it was a moment where it was like, yeah, I've had I've had a few films that I loved being a part of, but those characters weren't like my character in Greyhound. They were just like I'd pop in and film as a cameo appearance and be like, hey, you know, I'd say a few lines and have a funny part. But I was like, I was like, man, I just, I was at the moment where I was actually applying for jobs. I applied for GameStop and a bunch of other jobs. And I was like, just trying to get a, like a little day job to help me you and know, support me and get me back on my feet again. And, uh, sure enough, I got this phone call and, uh, my agent was like, Hey, Tom Hanks is in, in your town and he's auditioning for roles for his movie. I told her, I was like, which movie? He's like, she goes, Greyhound. I was like, oh, I thought they already made that. <laughs> like, no, no, he got pushed back. I was like, it got pushed back. Oh, that's great. I was like, that's, that's awesome. So I told her, I was like, yeah, count me in. I'm definitely down. She's like, you're going to have to shave your head. I had long hair at the time. Like, it was like yeah. a little past my ears. She's like, you're going to have to shave your head or at least, you know, get a crew cut. I was like, I'll do anything. I was like, right. I, let's do it. So I, like, I cut my own hair for the audition. 
and I uh, I threw away my phone. I threw it in the closet. I literally made one post on Instagram. And was like, "Hey guys, you're not gonna hear from me for a while, but it's for a good reason." <laughs> and I, I threw my phone in the closet, and for like a week, just practicing, rehearsing this audition. I listened to nothing but 1930s and 40s music. I didn't have any like technology around me at all, except for to like, read a script, you know, mm-hmm. print out a script and stuff. And when I went in for the audition, there was only about 30 people in the room in New Orleans. Um, but I had heard from one of the people in there that knows somebody in Atlanta that there was 300 people in the in Atlanta auditioning. Mm. Yeah, so I was stressing it. I was like, oh, God, if they pick somebody for, you know, from Atlanta for this part, I'm going to feel really bad. Uh, they gave everyone the same character and the same 15 pages of dialogue to remember. Interesting, wow. yeah. And, and – it was intense, man. It was really intense, and I was sitting in the I was sitting in the hallway, and you know, I, to anyone that's listening that might have been one of those actors auditioning in, in uh, New Orleans, keep keep going, man. You guys are doing great. But <laughs> there I, you I, go. I, I, could, I, I could hear through the wall that they were forgetting their lines. Like twenty people, one after another, could not remember lines. It's fifteen pages, right? I mean, it's, it's a pretty big, but they couldn't remember their lines. They're just you know, one after another. And I was like, man, I remembered it like front to back i could i could do it you know in reverse i was like i'm ready for this so i went in there and she goes hi joseph it's nice seeing you again please tell me you remember your effing line <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 it's like good let's go and we started it and it was just it was amazing it went great after we were finished she actually said the words that was perfect and I, i've never heard a casting director say that so i was like almost in tears i was like oh really <laughs> she was like she goes, okay, I'm going to do something weird here. Uh, this is a request from Tom Hanks. It's a little weird, so bear with me. I'm going to zoom in to your eyebrows, to your chin. From oh. your eyebrows to your chin. She's like, yes, yeah, so we're getting extreme close-up. And uh, I was like, this is, uh, this, is, this is kind of like, you know, different. It's a different Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this it. is weird. Yeah, but it's a request from like, Tom Hanks, so exactly. you say yes. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. So she was like, and she's calling out like, okay, this is on fire. This is exploding. This is happening. And now you're running here. Now the ship's shaking. Now there's water. And like, calling out these crazy directions to me. And I'm like, improvising oh. directions of like action, you know? And I'm like, and then she, she's like, all right, that was great. Uh, have a nice day. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. And I, I waited, I waited a week and a half. I got the call. They said, you're pinned. That's what one of my, uh, one of the associates at the casting office said, you're pinned. So, it's, it's between you and one other person. I was like, mm. are you kidding me? It's, it's crazy. And I, you know, dude, to be honest, I, I, it's funny because I had no idea what the script was about or what the movie was about. But, uh, and I'm not a very religious person. I, I, you know, I don't go to church. And I, don't, I don't read the Bible. But I do believe in spirituality. And I do believe we all come from something bigger. And so I got on my knees and I prayed. And the next day I got a phone call and they said, you got it. And I was like, holy crap. Oh, (laughs) man. Man. I I just, that's incredible. And I love hearing the the audition process and how that all goes. I mean, it just, the thoughts that must have been going through your head after you hear, oh, you nailed it. It's perfect. But now I need you to do this. And you have to just like off the cuff start giving all this stuff, man. That's got to be just so intense. Yeah. Oh, it it was incredibly intense. So talk about. I'm sorry. Uh, talk about the scope of the film because, I mean, you know, this is a blockbuster type, you know, huge budget kind of a thing. Talk about that a little bit and the differences between, you know, a smaller indie type project. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like like you mentioned, uh, I had done a few indie stuff, or like that we mentioned, I, I had done a few indie things before Ground, and um, there's always fun sets, you know, but with the with the budget issues that indie films had, sometimes, even like in Hot Pursuit, I was 
I was given a line. Mm-hmm. The director gave me a line, but then once she talked to the producers, it only took 30 minutes for them to tell her, never mind, we can't afford that. Right, <laughs> so it was like, right. Yeah, so that happened. And uh, when I got on this set, it was, it was like I said, it was Tom's baby, so I don't want to skip like any like uh, the process. I, w- I want your, your, your audience to know that like they didn't tell me my character name. I, I didn't get picked for the character I was auditioning for, but it turns out that most of the people that read for that character, it was just uh, it was like dummy sides. Some uh, of that wasn't even in the movie. Yeah, so the character that got picked for that movie, he was a great actor, and uh, we're on our way to set for the first time. I still don't know my character's name. I still we did boot camp, but we all thought we all didn't have character names because they only told us our job. They taught us everything about the Navy destroyer. We uh, we did boot camp with Dale Die. Dale Die taught. Uh, Johnny Depp on Platoon. So oh, I was wow. like, oh, God, I love Dale Dye. Yeah, I was like, I'm a big fan of Dale Dye. So, like, he, you know, once we learned from him for a week or multiple days, I was like, okay, what is going on? Am I going to have a line in this movie? Am I going to have... And then my agent, of course, if you're an, you're an actor and you have an agent, they try to work out the details for you to kind sure. of help you, you know, be confident in your, your work. So she's like, no, you're going to have a name. You're going to have at least one line. I was like, okay, so I'm going to have a one-liner in a Tom Hanks movie and a name. That's cool. You know, and I figured this <laughs> is about the right. You know, so it's a blockbuster, big-budget film. I'm completely okay with that. I was sure. like, and it's, it's, not, it's a small like a small role, but it's it's the butt of my career. I'm, you know, I'm really um, green, pretty much, you know? So... I get to set and we meet Tom Hanks and he's he's a gem. He's an amazing person. First first thing he said to us, "What's up, fuckers?" Oh, <laughs> I don't know if I can <laughs> your, your podcast, but no, you're good. Out of his mouth, he broke the ice, and I was like, "Oh, I love this guy." And uh, so he just told us what we we're going to be, you know, what to prepare for. And we didn't even read the script yet, and we were doing camera tests, and I didn't know that they were camera tests. So when I'm like going on set with them, I, I sign my contract. I walk on set and we start filming. And we're, you know, I'm shouting out lines. He's shouting out lines. The camera's flying all over the room. And then we we did that for a whole day. And then at the end of the day, I got a call from my agent. And she goes, "Congratulations, you got the part." Oh. <laughs> like, what? Like, Wait, uh, what? what? I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Hold on, I just spent all day acting with Tom Hanks." What are you talking about? She's like, "Oh, it was camera test." She was like, I was like, so you're telling me that if I wouldn't have done a good job today, I still could have walked away without having this Right? Part. What the? But I mean, they're spending so much money on this movie. Yeah. They have to get it right. They have to make sure that I'm the person that they've been looking for for this part. So, and I understand that. So I was like, okay, well, I got it. You know, now the sweat's off and I get to just bring everything I have to the table. The next day we did the table read. I got to learn everything about my character. And I was like, wow, I thought I had a one-liner in this film. And I'm all over this film. I was like, I'm, I'm like in and out this film for half the movie, more than half the movie. And like, and I don't want to give away anything that happens in the movie, but it's an epic film. Yeah. It's yeah. a really epic film. Dude. And so I was like, dude, this is just a beautiful character. So I was like, thank you. And I told Tom Hanks that. I was like, thank you so much for casting me in your film. And he said, oh, I'm just happy. They're finally letting me make it. <laughs> he goes, <laughs> and he said, and and he told my agent, he said, I want, you to, I want you to know that we didn't pick you because you were local. We picked you because of your talent. And I was, I just, I was blown away. And the rest is history. That, that, that's it right there. That, like if it was all over with, that's what you stamp on the resume and exactly. say, Tom Hanks said, I was picked for my talent. Right? <laughs> I mean, just, I, I, there's no better endorsement than Tom Hanks saying, stamp, you're, you're talented. Yeah, like I can't even it. imagine, bro. It's, it's, it's like a dream. And it really, that's why they call it dreams come true because I still – 
pinch myself and I'm like, am I sleeping? All right. Like, it's absolutely wild, man. And did you guys shoot this at uh, Celtic Studios? We did. We did. Fantastic. Oh, that's a beautiful facility. We toured it uh, a couple years Great. ago. Oh, man. I'm, I'm just awesome. I'm glad that there's such personable people there. So I'm glad that y'all were able to shoot this thing, at least finally for Tom Hanks. Yeah. Right. Finally for Tom. And I love the preparation. Oh, I love the fact that you did the research and dove into kind of like the character aspect yeah. of it. Like, I'm going to go all oh. 40s and put the technology away. I mean, do you find yourself like, are you more of a method actor that way with all the roles or what? Never a method actor, usually. And I mean, but I mean, then again, I'm usually doing comedy roles. Yeah, like I'm yeah. always the stoner or the best friend. So I'm always doing like the comedy roles, and it's like I don't really have to method act those roles because when they give me the script, I can just feel it. You know, I'm like I know these people, or I'm friends with these people, or I'm, I just feel it. With this role, I was like, I've never lived in the 1940s. Nope. Right? <laughs> like, like, I can't. I was like, I cannot be persuaded or like not persuaded, but uh, I cannot be influenced by technology right now. You know, I don't. I don't want any part of my my day-to-day dialogue for the next week to be something I heard on TikTok. You know, I, right. I, I wanted to make sure that I was sticking true. And so it wasn't really like method acting, but I would say it would, it would be method preparation. There you go. Like method <laughs> like rehearsing. It. I like it. And uh, look, dude, from everything we're hearing and uh, from everything that we know and what you've said, it sounds like the, your days of stoner roles might be over, dude. Right? I, I feel like I feel like this thing <laughs> might, might might launch you, my friend. Thank you, man. Thank you. And you know what? When you guys see the movie, uh, depending on how much material they kept in there, I think Forbert could have even been a stoner in the 40s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and why not? Nothing wrong with it. I would be. If I was in the situation, I'd be like, lighten up. It's all right. It's all good. It's all good, man. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited about this film, man. Just to hear the passion coming from, like, your voice talking about it and your experience on set. Like, I'm just super excited because, I mean, that's what it's all about, doing something you love to do. And like we said, like, it coming out of your voice and hearing the inflection and the tone is just amazing. So I'm super pumped. Thank you so much, man. So what do you got coming up, man? Talk about some stuff you got coming up after Greyhound. What are you working on? Oh, wow. It, 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 uh, God, dude, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> shortly after Greyhound, uh, the cast director, I want to give her a shout out, uh, Megan. She's amazing. Megan Lewis. She's incredible. She's an, she's an amazing person. She's won Emmys for casting. She did uh, Straight Outta Compton. She's an amazing cast director. Oh, wow, director. yeah. And, and, she, and after you know nailing Greyhound and doing a good job on the film, she called me in and she said, hey, I've got an audition for you for, uh, what was it, uh, Bill and Ted 3. Yep, and then she there. called me and she's like, oh, she's got a, I got an audition for you. FaceTime Bob. Uh, uh, the reboot? The reboot. There hey, you go. Yeah. So, so for Face the Music and for the reboot, I, got, I had auditions for awesome parts in both those films. But Katie McCucci got the part in uh, the James Simon Bob movie. And I don't know who got my part audition for in uh, Bill and Ted, but I was kind of, you know, I was kind of like persuaded, like, or uh, getting to the point where I was, I was like, hey, I got this part with Tom Hanks, but what if... What if just you know that's how fate works and no one else wants me in another one of the movies? Like, right. uh, so I decided, you know, I was gonna try to do things differently and the next I told myself the next audition she gives me, I'm gonna go in there, I'm gonna I'm gonna be just as prepared as I was for the Greyhound film, even though it might just be a cameo character, even though it might just be, you know. So she throws an audition at me and it was for Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon Levitt's new movie, Project Power. Mm. And it just, it seemed like such a good movie, man. It just, it was so good. And even though I'd worked with Tom Hanks post Greyhound, waiting for it to come out, I still needed to have a day job. So I was working, fixing phones in Louisiana and, and got the call 
that I was going to be on Jamie Foxx and Jeff Gordon Levitt's movie. And so that the next thing coming out is going to be August 14th on Netflix, the Netflix original from uh, Henry Juice and Ariel Shulman. They're the directors of Nerve with Emma Robertson. They're also the mm. directors of Paranormal Activities three and four. Fantastic, man! So and that's, I'm really excited about that, man. That's that's an insane, like comic booky, special effects driven, just like almost like an anti superhero movie. It's gonna be great. That's awesome. It puts you in a whole different realm than what you're normally used to. Yeah. So I love that. I love how you're in these new approaches. You're stepping outside of the box of what you first got cast as. So I mean, you're trying to experience new things as well. So that's awesome, man. Definitely, definitely. It sounds like it's going to be an epic summer, dude. With July and August coming for you, it's going to be big, dude. Right, man. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Dude. Yeah, that I mean, with uh, freaking everything going on and with yeah. how the entertainment industry is right now with social media and everything, what are your opinions on that? Do you think social media is kind of necessary as like a marketing tool for actors trying to be an up-and-comer in the entertainment industry, or do you think it's not really anything important? What is your opinions on social media? I think it's back and forth. I think that if you have a big social media following that's not – you know, you didn't pay for the likes, you didn't pay for the followers. If they're real people, they will engage in what you're promoting. And if they like you, yeah, if you if you share a post to 50,000 people, then that's going to at least bring another 20,000 to watch a movie. Right. Which seems like a, a good deal. But I don't think it's necessary because I think where 20,000 people would come see your film from watching it on Instagram, most of those people that are on Instagram all the time don't watch movies anymore. Yeah. They, they're just they're, – they're driven by short – just nothingness videos that they'll watch and forget in a week, you know, and it's kind of sad because I like the long storytelling, mm -hmm. you know, well-composed cinematography that just brings you, it draws you in, in a way that you can't get from anything else. You know, like when you watch a movie like Saving Private Ryan, you feel like you're going through it with them. Yeah. You feel like you're going through the whole battle. And I just, I got to the point where I was like, man, I use social media strictly just as like a photo bucket for myself like i'll put something that i'm happy or proud about on there i don't care if it gets likes or anything and i'm just like this is cool you know and i, and I love just being able to share that and one day when i'm gone my grandkids can see it hopefully or you know someone downloaded it and saved it they can just be like oh yeah this is all the stuff that he did to get where he was and then maybe they can you know be inspired but what i think right now is most important is that these entertainers these actors these musicians they keep pushing as hard as they can against the grain and just just produce great entertainment because there's a lot of people in this world that are depressed or have anxiety or have you know just already have bipolar issues or problems and now they have to deal with the state of the world and they don't even you know I know that we're it's hard for us to leave the house we have to wear a mask and stuff but they don't even want to leave their house at all mm -hmm. so they're spending more money delivering food to their house they don't have jobs those those uh, stimulus checks are going to run out sooner or later and if we don't brighten up their day, if we don't if we do not do something to just inspire them, give them a story that will make them get off their ass and go outside and just you know, throw a Frisbee with their kids or something and not be so afraid to go outside, like, they need it more than ever right now. So I don't think sitting on Instagram and just constantly posting or, you know, just constantly staying on TikTok and doing little tiny videos, I don't think it's doing enough. I think what we need more than ever right now is for someone to go out and paint a mural on the side of a mall or, you know, for someone to go out and do a uh, local community theater performance with social distancing audience rules where people can still see that 
you know, you can still be happy, regardless of what you hear, Absolutely. regardless of what popular media tries to tell you. You don't have to constantly digest the worst news and let it ruin your life. That's it, man. And I, I always love hearing artists come on here and say that they feel a responsibility with their platform to do things for others. And I could, we could not agree with you more, man. We absolutely think art is important. We think that there is a need for that content out there. And it does help people get through the struggle. It really does, man. And it's it nice to hear somebody recognize that and want to be a part of that, man. Yeah, I mean, for sure, man. And what we like to do at the end of each interview is uh, have our guests leave a little piece of advice for the up-and-comers trying to break into to it and what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid and i mean you kind of gave a little advice earlier but what would be like your <laughs> main piece of advice that you would tell like an upcoming actor an upcoming director anything like that listen 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 mm. more than you talk listen because when you're on set they are busy i know so many people who are like oh i'm an extra that's my foot in the door it's not you're an extra so that you can learn you're an extra so you can help someone else make their dream come true first so if you listen, you can learn more than you could ever pay for. You'll learn more by being an extra or being a PA or being you know, just a friend to someone who's working in the industry. You can learn more by listening to them, and you can take that to your own career. And then once you're out of their time and you're not on their time and their money, then you start you know promoting yourself. Then you start going for headshots. And then once you have the headshots, you don't need an agent to get a lead role in sci-fi. I got a lead role in sci-fi without an agent. All I needed was headshots. That was mm. it. So, yeah. So, like, once you get, you know, your first part, whether it be, like, a one-liner or something, then you'll get an agent. And then your agent will help get you the bigger auditions. And when that day comes, when you have a very professional and fully dedicated agent that starts getting you auditions for beefy parts and major motion pictures, don't look for anything else. Your life will never change after that point. You might, you know, money might come and go, friends might come and go, fame might come and go, but that is the career tipping point. Once you start getting those auditions and you do the auditions well, if you if you start booking, there'll be more auditions, better auditions, but you know, just take it seriously, but also know that when you're an extra and you're on set, you're not there to be the star. Don't try to steal the camera. Don't, you know, don't try to force yourself into the shot just so you can tell your parents, look, that's me in the movie. Do what they need you there for and they'll appreciate it much, much more. Mm. That is seriously solid advice, yeah. man. Seriously solid. It's always best to listen and learn and take that knowledge with you, right? Indeed. Dude, yeah, that that's fantastic. I mean, this this has been an incredible interview, bro. We have had a lot of fun talking you. to you, and just the enthusiasm that you have for what you do is no doubt going to inspire a lot of our listeners to try to continue to pursue that dream, man. Because you're proof that it can happen, man. And, and you know, continued <laughs> success to you. I know, like I said, I think it's going to be a huge summer between the two projects for you, and uh, we can't wait for everybody to see it. And open invite, man. Anytime you, you want to come back on the show and promote some stuff, or just come on and shoot the shit with. Us, bro open invite absolutely man well hey you know what august 14th uh power project power comes out on netflix so and we'll be close to august 14th we come and if there's a trailer we can, we can talk about it Hell absolutely yeah. dude absolutely and be sure to tell everybody where they can follow you we know we know you're kind of like on the low key but where are you on instagram <laughs> or are you on twitter where can they follow you bro i am on instagram um uh i'm not on instagram under the name just follow because i'd like to let Instagram be a place that only like hardcore fans or friends can find. find there you me. go. But uh, you you can find me under J O E S Y underscore Pelican. Awesome. Pelican is actually the nickname that Dale Dye and Tom Hanks gave me. So. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Uh, fitting for Louisiana, bro. You can uh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> seems perfect. Exactly, man. <laughs> well, listen, dude. Have a great rest of the day, man. We really appreciate you coming you on. It was a good time, man. Y'all too, man. Y'all too. You're awesome. 
Oh, right, thanks, brother. bro. We'll be talking to you soon. Thank you. Take care, y'all. Yep. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. What an epic guy. Definitely an up-and-comer trying to get his foot in the door and did. Like, I mean, as you can tell, like, from the auditioning process for Greyhound and not doing the same preparation, like, it, it shows. Yeah. It shows. And he just got back to the grind and started putting his, like, full dedication to it, well, which is awesome. And I got to tell you, that's the first time I've ever heard any of our guests or anybody that I'm familiar with in the industry say that they got the job but they didn't really have the job yeah, yet. Yeah, right. It's like, congratulations, you got the job. But then you still had the audition. Yeah. I'm like, wait, what? I've never heard that before. Nah. So that's pretty awesome. And I, I think it's really inspiring. Though. I think the one thing that, that everybody should take away from this is like, no matter what kind of a situation your life is in, if it seems like it's really dark or just everything is kind of going wrong and it just seems like that, you know, life sucks – that's right before all the good shit happens. Yeah, exactly. You just got to hang in there, stay inspired, stay motivated because right when you think it's the worst, that's when the best is exactly. right around the corner. Exactly. He's proof of that, man. Exactly. I mean, point freaking multiple times gotten off track, but something put him back on track. Exactly. So. Exactly. So stick with it, y'all. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you again, Joseph, for coming on the show. Are you ready? I'm sad already. (laughs) That was such an inspiring interview and so great and uplifting and and, and now it's time to cry. Now it's time to cry. I mean, the past, (laughs) I can't talk today. No, it's Uh, all good. (laughs) At least you're not Richard Dean Morgan. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But I mean, the past couple of weeks, I mean, we want to, we want to show our personal side and let down our guard a little bit. So this week is top five artists that has passed away too soon. (sighs) A lot of good ones that uh, honestly inspired me a lot, and especially a lot of musicians that just left a great piece of art back, like, from, I don't, it's just so sad. It is sad. <laughs> it is sad. I hope you guys are ready. Get the tissues ready, because we're going to reminisce, and, and, and it's not It's not pretty. It's not. It's not. Okay, <sighs> who's your number five? Number five for me. Paul Walker. Uh, I cried like a baby when freaking episode seven or uh, movie seven of Fast and Furious came out and they did his little send off, which don't fucking bring him back, by the way. Um, yeah, don't do it. That'd don't be do it. so disrespectful, I think. But I cried like a baby when I saw this. I was a fan of the first couple Fast and Furious before they went off the deep end and uh, Takers and just so many other Paul Walker freaking movies that he was in he was just such an inspiration and especially the way he was with his daughter and just things like that and i i was really sad to see this one yeah uh a huge fan of paul walker i've always loved him and yeah that was a tough one and then especially you know the way he went out yeah i mean with no fault of his the car fucked up yeah and like yeah i mean it's tragic and and yeah that's a tough one Mm. that's tough my number five None of our listeners are probably old enough to remember, but it's an important one. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca Schaefer. Mm. Rebecca Schaefer uh, starred with Pam Dauber, Mork and Mindy Pam Dauber, um, in a show called My Sister Sam and was tragically killed when a fan slash stalker showed up and killed her. Mm. Very young. She She's a teenager, you know, early 20s maybe. Um, and basically started off on soap operas, kind of made her big breakthrough, got onto this primetime show and was living the dream at a very young age, got a stalker, was sending her fan mail, got out of hand, got kind of creepy, unfortunately was able to find her home address, was able to get, found her and killed her. Mm. And, um, 
all of the stalking laws that are now in place for celebrities are because of Rebecca Schaefer. Yeah. Because of what happened to her, they changed everything to try to control this. So her death was tragic and sad, but it 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 played heavily into now how celebrities are guarded and protected and and the stalker laws that we have in place. So while tragic it helped a lot of people, her death. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, you just don't want to hear about that. You finally get your big break. You're finally on a primetime show. You're living the dream and boom, somebody shows up. And- well, and like we talk about each and every week with uh, celebrities and people who we bring into the company, especially regarding the podcast, trying to book guests, um, they're just people. You don't need yeah. to be upset, obsessed with them or afraid no. of them or just – they're just people. They're human beings that – this is their job. They're just doing a job. They're doing their nine to five in their own way. So yeah. it's just – it's very unfortunate, especially an incident like that. Yeah. I mean – and nowadays too though i just as as far as we've come i feel like you can still find them pretty easy well i mean Google especially Earth with like, well know. with social media like you just post a picture in your backyard somebody can go and try to find that shit it's so scary it is i mean it i don't know yeah. anyway tough one tough one yeah uh number four for me is i mean these two right neck and neck and i mean their their deaths have to do a deal a lot with each other Tupac Shakur and Biggie Smalls, Chris Wallace. Um, honestly, like this goes to show that people can get like engulfed in the industry and get surrounded by the wrong people to where possibly some wrong rumors get spread. And then, especially being in like the rap game is really uh, tied to the street still it's very yeah. they're both very parallel so for something like this to surround yourself with people who you probably grew up with and probably just tried to get them out of that life but they're still in that life and then once you say something about somebody then they want to do something about it and it's just it's very unfortunate because these two are still regarded as like the two most influential hip-hop artists ever like they're number one and number two or one and two or one and one like because they're both just super lyrical super have a message and everything like that but because like they had a quote-unquote beef that i still blame suge knight on um like oh, without the, doubt. <laughs> it, it was definitely a rivalry between suge knight and p diddy like it and these two just got caught in the crossfire Agreed. and it's super unfortunate because like i said they were both early 20s so it's so sad. I and yeah, huge fan of Tupac. Huge yeah. fan. I don't know. I'm hoping I'm hoping that Tupac is not. Yeah, there's a lot of conspiracy theory about that. I, so. I mean, and apparently a lot of solid stuff to back it up. I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to throw out any kind of the, but I mean, it it's just tragic like it you is. said. I mean, that that because they both had so much to contribute and and so much to 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 give to the world and for over to die over something stupid is ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of uh, the dark side of the industry and the dark side of Hollywood, my number four, um, River Phoenix, mm. just another tragic story of an incredible talent, an incredible human being getting caught up in the dark side and the in the drugs and the alcohol to the point where it consumed him. And and took his life. You know, this guy died. You know, everybody knows the story. Just you know, tragically, dropped dead outside the Viper Room on the sidewalk from an overdose. And um, 
I mean, with his siblings around him too. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and just you know, and I mean, look, we've all seen Joaquin. I mean, the whole family has struggled. Yeah. Okay, and overcome things and done things. But River, just go. If you ever doubted River or ever wondered about this man's talent, go back and watch Stand by Me and just look at him yeah. as a young guy and 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 what he was bringing to that film and to this industry and to have him die like that at such a young age and, and to lose that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you got to be aware going into this industry that there's a dark side. Yeah. You got to surround yourself. Look at Drew Barrymore way back getting caught up at like fucking nine. At Studio 54 a, I mean, and shit. Like, yeah. And it's super unfortunate about River because he was such a huge activist for environmental things yeah. and also like um, animal things as well. So, yeah, it's super unfortunate. And like, he was also uh, a musician leading a front man of a band. And it's yeah. just, it's crazy, it's just, man. It's, it's nuts. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, number three for me is Kurt Cobain. A mm. lot of conspiracy theory around this one as well. If Courtney hired someone to do it, if she did it herself. But this is literally the king of grunge. He was like, I felt like, at least in my time, obviously he came a little bit before me, but uh, growing up as a preteen and into a teenager, you always feel like, not a lot of people can relate to you or connect to you or gone through the same things you have gone through. And this guy, like, he was his real self always. He never hid his addiction or his mental health problems with depression or anything like that. So I feel like this was a huge loss, especially to the music community and just everybody around him. I mean, we all know that Dave Grohl uh, furthered on and uh, started the Foo Fighters and did all that, but he's still impacted by Kurt Cobain's death. And oh, it's I, just, I it's think, crazy. Uh, there are so many musicians, I think. Anybody from the 90s on who has come out has been, you know, influenced in some way by yeah. Kurt. Um, yeah, it, it's tragic loss. And he, like you said, there's so many floated theories about what really happened. What really happened is we lost a great artist. Exactly. You know, way too soon. I, I can only imagine what this guy would be doing right now. I mean, it would be epic. I mean, this guy was a musician from top to bottom. Just, yeah, crazy loss. Yeah. Number three for me, Bruce Lee. Mm, yeah. Uh, in that same vein, I want to say I can only imagine what this guy would be doing right now had he lived. I mean, and, and it was tragic. It was scary because this guy was like the epitome of health. Yeah. This guy was like about as fit and in shape as you can get, as clean living as you could be and just dead. Yeah. I'm like, what the That fuck? one was like really random because he got like randomly sick or something. Right? Yeah. And just then like boom. died. I mean, it, it was his whole family, man. Just the, it, and it then seems his son. Like, like, yeah, yeah. I wanted to put his slash his son, you know, Brandon Lee also with the crazy way to go out with a blank, a blank bullet. I mean, it's so crazy. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I mean, that talk about another ridiculously talented guy who probably had so much to contribute to the world had he lived. Just tragic. Yeah, tragic. I agree. I agree. Uh, number two for me is Jimi Hendrix. Mm. This man, not a lot of people know, uh, obviously rock god, but he was also a U.S. veteran. Uh, he was a part of the Air Force. And, I mean, this guy also, I mean, he did a lot of drugs and then threw up and choked to death. So, I mean, like you said, the dark side of the industry is very scary, especially, especially for musicians obviously actors too because we have some of those on here as well but especially for the music industry like drugs are way too like in influenced by music and it's just it's really scary to think about 
Yeah, and it, it's really – it's interesting because our lists are balanced between the musicians and the actors. And and it's it, it, what you said is is really interesting to me because it, a lot of it on the music side is drugs. Yeah. Right? And a lot of it where you're going to see from my final two or on the on the Hollywood side is mental. Exactly. It's mental issues. The dark side on both industries consumes you and eats you up. And, and so, you know, my number two – Robin Williams, mm, yeah. you know, I, the epitome of you think this guy's rocking and rolling and as happy as can be and is just living life large, but really hiding it for years and years and decades about how depressed he really was. What this industry and the fame and everything did to this man, you know, to where he gets to the point where he feels like he's got to take his own life at the end. Um, it's tragic. It is. I mean, there's nobody on the face of this planet that can argue the genius of Robin Williams yep. and what he brought to the community and the table. There's nobody that can argue that. And to think that this man was suffering for so many years behind that smile, yeah. behind that craziness is just tragic. Yeah. And I mean, guys, mental health is real, you know, and it's something we got to really look out for, man. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, it brings me to my number one, which is something that's very scary and something that a lot of celebrities in general, uh, musicians, actors, anybody, everybody deals with. Uh, my number one is Heath Ledger. Uh, everybody knows I've talked about it before. One of my all-time favorite actors. I've loved everything he's ever done, especially when he go back to his Australian films mm-hmm. before he even came over to America. Then, of course, Ten Things, Ned Kelly, all these different Sex and Candy, mm, The Patriot, uh, The Patriot, so, so good. good. Yeah. So, I mean, but this one, like doctor too many doctors prescribing him too many different medications, and he was just trying to get some sleep, and then fell asleep forever like so many it's that way so scary I mean, tom petty prince michael jackson yeah all, all died that way yeah doctors trying to take control oh you need this you need this you need this you need that like just it's tragic it's so scary it is crazy i mean and especially like i can imagine like probably these people there it's a lot of it's hard to trust people and when you do Try to trust people, especially doctors who are supposed to help you and cure you and help you get better. And they it go through like this. It's just absolutely insane. It is. Okay, and now my number one, and I think it's the epitome of what Hollywood can do to you. The dark side of the business and the industry. Marilyn Monroe. Mm. This is Norma Jean Baker. Okay, Marilyn Monroe was a creation of Hollywood. To Norma's credit... She nailed it. She, Marilyn Monroe was an image. It was a, it was a character, and she nailed it. The problem is is that it it became all too consuming. And when it happened, and Hollywood gets a hold of you, and all of a sudden you're in all the wrong circles. We talk about this all the time about surround yourself with the right people. Surround yourself about what's you know, and she was caught up in a world of hurt with the wrong people and ended up dying for it. And you know, um. It's tragic. Everybody kind of knows, you know, what happened. We all have our theories. We all kind I know for a fact this woman did not take her own life. There was no way she was popping pills till the end. Yeah. Okay? We know this went down the way it went down. And it, because of her affairs with the, both the Kennedy brothers and, and the ties to the mafia and all the kind of stuff, it's just tragic. This woman literally, the mental collapse that she had because of the shit she was put through in this industry is insane. Yeah. And um, she is will forever be an eternal 36. Oh, yeah. You know, Always. too young and just um, – I can't stress enough. 
the the dark side of this industry, be it music or you know uh, film and television. Just it can get you guys and mental health. You gotta stay strong, surround yourself with the right people, and and you know just. If you're having problems, tell somebody. Exactly. Reach out. Get some help. Exactly. You know, because we don't want to be doing this list with you at some point. Exactly. Okay? It's not good to hold things in. It's not. It's not. But uh, thank you guys for watching this and listening to this, of course. Um, let us know what your top five actors who are gone too soon because we know, like, you look at all these rep- representations of living life on film and television or in music. You relate to all this so much. So what actors that were gone too soon did you relate to the most and what top five actors like hit you the most during this time? Because I know there's a lot. I know there's a lot. If you're watching this on YouTube, pre-subscribe and do all those great yeah. things. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Please leave the comments down below. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Be very interested to hear what they have to say because I, I'm guessing like our list, it would be so broad and so ranged. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Uh, well, now it, it's time for uh, the top five segment. <laughs> yes. Uh, or not the top five segment. We just did the top five <laughs> segment. It was so sad that I'm literally stuck there. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, box office recap, I'm saying. Uh, number one was Relic. Uh, it's really interesting because, I mean, we talked about last week, all of the fandom films hit the top five of the box office last week. But now it's going back to, like, the indie stuff. Yeah. The stuff that was coming out during Corona. Uh, number one was Relic. That pulled in 164000 It's been three weeks since it's released. Mm-hmm. Um, number two was Archive with 39,000. It's been two weeks since that release. Yep. Number three was Followed with uh, 27,000. It's been five weeks since that one. Number four was The Wretched with 11,000. It's been 12 weeks. That one's been rocking and rolling. Yes, Jameson uh, Jones. Yeah, be sure to go back and listen to our interview with Jameson Jones. He was an epic, epic guy to talk to, just badass all around. And number five was Becky. Aunt yeah. Becky. <laughs> with, uh, Fuck Aunt Becky! With <laughs> 6,006 weeks since You know, I, I think it's interesting because, uh, you know, that this kind of came back into the top five, right? Like yeah. you said, the fandom things. But all of these are heavily playing in drive-ins throughout the country right yeah. now. So the drive-in movies are kind of like seeing that resurgence into the top five. Yeah. Which is really interesting because... As we talked about in the industry news segment, <laughs> no end in sight as to when the theaters are yeah, opening again. No one, so. no one really knows what's going to happen. And, I mean, we wish for the best, man. We really do. We, we do. wish for the best. Now it is time for the IMDb Pro Top Trend yes. segment. Oh, man, we love this freaking app. Everybody knows we get all of our industry news from this app for the industry news segment. You can track our company and our podcast on IMDb Pro. Be sure to do that because you can see how many and who came on our show and how many guests we've had. So many amazing people. We got Spencer Garrett. We got Mr. Feeney. We got so many great ones. Ed Asner. Uh, just so Victor many. Victor Newman himself. Victor Newman Eric himself. Brayden. Yes. Just, I mean, yeah, just get IMDb Pro, guys. It's definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely worth it. Yes. Uh, the top trending movie this week is The Old Guard, which mm. is very interesting because I have no idea. That's the one with Charlize is. Theron, right? I believe, uh, I believe uh, maybe, it is. maybe. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what the the Bible says. Let's consult. Uh, yes, and I mean, you are correct. This is that Netflix film. That I believe they're already making a sequel to. They're in talks of making a sequel. Yep. So that's really free. I mean, I'm guess they said I saw a lot of memes on Twitter and everything. It's like basically the female version of Extraction with uh, Chris Hemsworth. 
Which makes sense. It does make sense. I mean, you know. You know, you know. Um, and for the top trending show, it is Dark. Dark. Netflix still killing it with that show. I mean, I shit, we really got to check it out. We do. Because, I mean, fuck. Uh, <laughs> and the top trending star <laughs> is oh. Kelly Preston. For the wrong reasons. For the wrong she reason. lost the battle with breast cancer like we talked about at the show yeah. last week. And, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's sad, but it makes sense because when somebody passes that's on a level like Kelly Preston was, she gets a lot of play. A lot of people go and check her out. Yeah. Watch her old movies and watch her old TV shows. And what better way to find out where you can watch that on IMDb Pro. Yeah. I mean. I agree. I agree. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for getting a little crazy with us on episode yes. 122 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We got to thank our buddy one more time, Joseph Poliquin, for coming on oh, the man. show. Yeah. Be sure to follow him on Instagram. He's not on Twitter, but be sure to follow him and watch Greyhound. Woo, be ready, Tom though. Hanks. Intense ride. Yeah, buddy. Uh, be sure to follow the company on social media at Crazy Ant Media. We're everywhere. And be sure to follow the podcast on social media. It Calf Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows we started our new social media platforms for the podcast specifically because this thing has got so big. Uh, now it is time to say subscribe to us personally. Uh, myself <laughs> at JLo Fantastic and Crazy Ant Guy 1970. Oh buddy, you got it. And of course, subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and you guys know that you can watch us on YouTube. Hit that like button to the video, subscribe, ring that bell, and do all those great, beautiful things on YouTube so you can stay up to date with Crazy Ant Media and inside the Crazy Ant Farm because, you know, we put shit out at least three times a week. And, I mean, you guys know. You guys know we like to get crazy. And if you like to get crazy, this is the place for you. We're busy. That's right. That's right. And, of course, be sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. You see the shirts. You know the hats. You see the other shirts. It's just beautiful new shirts designs every month. Yes. I mean, and I got to say, probably my favorite part of the episode was Netflix. Netflix had a lot of good shit. Netflix is killing it right now. Yeah. You know, they, they they came out with a strong second quarter. They're leading the pack. They got a bunch of new shit coming out. They're like, we are still here, guys. Yeah. And Ted Sarandos, remember, he, he, he's going to be taking that ship soon. So it's exactly. going to be like, woo! Exactly. Um, yeah. And, and of course, I really, really enjoyed the interview um, because it it is that that you can do it moment yeah, you know and for sure so really inspiring uh just yeah a, a great part of the show definitely definitely and you know the one of the best parts of the show is the end where we get to honor the one and only oprah